Hello there, this is Todd Clever, USA captain, and you're listening to Roger Matrix USA. Thanks, Todd. Todd Clever joining us for our second show, Rugger Matrix USA. I'm your host, Juro Sen, and my co-host, Bruce McLean, joining me shortly. The USA captain, the American Eagles legend himself, joins us en route to South Africa for sevens duties. This is Rugger Matrix USA 002, The Clever Show, brought to you by the USA Sevens, Feb 13, 14 in Vegas. Yes, hello and welcome to episode two of Rugger Matrix USA. Bruce McLean, come on in from New York City. Yeah, this is a big show today, Juro. This is a big show today. Why don't you let the listeners know what we got planned? We've got a lot of the plan. In fact, we've got a lot to talk about in USA Rugby. That a bit later on, but uh, we're under the pump here time-wise because we go direct to, well... I don't know which airport it is, but he's, he's checking out of one. It's, a, it's Atlanta Airport. It's Atlanta Airport. We have Todd Clever, and he was just called in to play for the USA Sevens team. And um, and he's headed to George, South Africa early to do some injury replacements for the USA Sevens. So, as always, he gives everything he has to the United States, and we're happy to have him. Oh, Todd, will come on in from Atlanta. Yes, hello, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Big fan. Todd, what a su- surprise call-up. You were kicking back in California, and now you're on the plane to South Africa. No, that's exactly right. You know, I, I was expecting to have a few more days of uh, some good weather in, uh, in, in San Diego and, and uh, got a call yesterday, uh, you know, asking for the services uh, to replace a couple injured players. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't really turn down uh, wearing your, colors, uh, your uh, nation's colors, so... Definitely, uh, definitely rose with my hand, and you know, I'm up for the challenge. And, and uh, you know, a few hours later, I was packing my bag and uh, at the airport. We just wanted to talk to you about a few things. You came up through the ranks as a as a high school player. You played a bit at U19s, and could you just talk us through your career as to and 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 how you came to where you are as captain of the Eagles? Yeah, no, like you said, uh, I picked up rugby in high school. Uh, I made the the USA 19 team. Um, in 2000, when I was 17, so I played uh, played three years on that team and went to uh, two world championships, um, and then uh, you know moved on to uh, University of Nevada Reno, where I uh, was three-time college All-American, and uh, while there I got uh, got my first cap uh, for 15s, and then moved into sevens, and then uh, ultimately uh, you know played both for for four years. So it's uh, it's been pretty hectic, and you know, always big goal of mine was to you know do this full time so you know i kind of uh, put all my eggs in one basket and uh you know uh left university and went to new zealand and then uh you know came back for, to train full time for the world cup in uh, 2007 and then uh and then now i signed, signed in signed with south africa and ready, getting ready for my uh my second year there Todd, can you talk about your time with the uh, Lions in Johannesburg? It must have been a fantastic experience playing with some outstanding players who play for the Springboks as well. But how much of a step up was it being involved in that program and, and cracking it through to, to, to get off the bench and, and, and play a significant role in the end? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I kind of went on a limb. I was, uh, you know, getting some contract offers in Europe and... Uh, you know, the Southern Hemisphere is, you know, I, I was still more my style of rugby. And, 
and you know it, it's uh, the Lions approached me, and you know I, I went for it, and there was no guarantee on the contract. Uh, you know I wasn't guaranteed any playing time, wasn't guaranteed in the squad of 30 for Super 14. So uh, I knew I had my work cut out for me, and you know I kind of just went there, uh, you know, all, gu- all guns blazing, and, and uh, you know trained trained uh, full time, you know uh, studied full time, you know played played it, and it was just. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just good for your rugby being around it, uh, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, you know, really benefited out of it. Todd, you're going, you're going to play sevens for the USA down in South Africa now, and I was wondering how important was sevens for your development as a player in in 15s and then sevens, and how important was it as as being part of the national team setup? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, owe, I owe my whole career to sevens, I, I think. You know, it's, uh, it's given me every opportunity in the world to, you know, to travel it, to, to live it, to experience new cultures, to, you know, you, you know just uh, be around it 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I started, started with 15, played some summer sevens, you know, didn't really think much of it. But, uh, you know, our first, uh, first time with the, the national sevens team, I just, uh, you know, helped my fitness, helped my uh, – how my ball handling, the skills, uh, the vision of the game. I mean, everything you have a little bit more time, uh, more ball in hand. So, um, you know, it, it's, been, it's been perfect for me and, uh, and it suits my game. And kind of when I play 15s, I try to uh, implement a lot of my 7s. And when I play 7s, I try to bring in some of my 15s, you know, try to be a whole package. Of, and uh, it's just uh, it's, it's a great stepping stone for, you know, for myself and, you know, I think for Americans, uh, more importantly. Well, we're speaking to Todd Clever, USA captain, who is at uh, Atlanta Airport at the moment. So that's the uh, the background noise you can hear. Todd, I wanted to ask you about uh, Sevens being in the Olympics. We mentioned it last week on the first show of Rugged Matrix USA, but it is a massive boost. Can the USA take advantage of this? And should they take advantage of it? And uh, can you see... Um, the game prospering as a result of this decision. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, you know it's the biggest thing that uh, that we got uh, introduced to the the Olympics again in 2016, and uh, you know it, it's uh, the ball's in our court. USA Rugby's really uh, you know got got to lay the heat on and, and kind of you know this is a golden opportunity to uh, to gain national exposure. I mean, but once it got entered, I remember you know USA Today and. At all the all the major news news channels, the sports and everything, you know, mentioned it. So people are, you know, the eyebrows are raised and people are wondering, you know, what's this rugby sevens and you know what's different from this and that. So you know, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping USA Rugby could really, you know, jump on it and educate, you know, the U.S. as a as a as a public to you know um, bring in bring in this new sport. And it's not a new sport, but it'd be a new sport for for you know all the Americans watching it. Todd, actually, Tiger Woods, who's in the news these days, said that uh, said that he, he he would have liked to have played rugby when it went into sevens. And one of the things I wanted to wanted to bring up with you is you've had a lot of you, your parents and your brother Chris are extremely supportive of you and your rugby, and they're there anytime they could, that that you're around or that they could be there with you. Could you talk to us about their impact on your career? And 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 how how much they've meant to you, and how they've really helped you fight your way through all these things. Like when you put all your eggs in one basket, you have to have a support a, a support person behind you, and and you had a full family of it. And, and just talk us through some of that. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be playing rugby if it wasn't for my parents. Uh, you know, in high school, they kind of were like, all right, all right time, time to play rugby. And I was, you know, pretty hesitant. And, you know, and, and watching my brother go on tours and, you know, watching his games, you know, it was, it was all right, but it, I just didn't feel it was for me. And then uh, when he's coming back from the tours uh, from overseas, if it was up to Canada or over to England or Australia, you know, I, I see the pictures and I'm just like, okay, I could do that part of it. But all this other stuff, I don't know. And, uh, you know, the, our team was touring in 99, and uh, my parents were like, oh, don't you want to go to, to England? I said, yeah, no, I want to go on that rugby trip. They're like, well, you have to sign up for the whole year, and you have to make every practice, and you have to do this. So they really guided me, you know, before I, I, I knew much of what rugby was or, or, or let alone my, my future, what it would be. So that's how I kind of, you know, got into the, got into the sport and uh, – you know, and, and my parents do not miss games. You know, if it's either on TV or if they could be there on live. Uh, they, they, they went to both of the under-19 world championships. They've been to, you know, Hong Kong seven, three times. They, uh, they, just, they just love it, you know, and uh, they eat, eat, breathe, drink rugby. And, you know, they, they're, they're the biggest fans of rugby that, uh, that I know. Todd, can you talk about your captaincy of the USA team and how much it means to you to, to have that honour? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a huge, huge honor, and and you know, I, I think my lucky star is that every time I, I have the opportunity, you know, the jersey presentation, and and you know, let the guys know this is, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for this game, no matter who I'm playing, you know, of, of tomorrow, of I'm just I'm just really, really excited to you know play on the team, let alone lead them, and uh, it's uh it, it's an easy job, you know, the guys are awesome, everybody knows their role. Um, we, we have a job to do on that day, and uh, you know I try not to just overthink it and try not to do too much and just uh, just be another member. And you know I, I feel as though that you know being captain isn't always the guy talking the most or or, or always bringing people in or, or or whatnot that that you you see in the movies or see or been part of. Um, I, I I I'm a big believer of you know leading by example, and uh, you know I don't I don't try to say too much, but I try to. Uh, you know, work as hard as possible. 2011 is going to happen for the U.S. You're in an extremely tough pool. What is it about that tournament? Is it about respect, about building uh, the U.S. up to a, a point where people are going to say, look, this is going to be tough for us to play against? What, what are you looking to achieve when it comes to that tournament? Um, you know, it's just under two years away, and, uh, you know, it's it great qualifying but uh, you know what we said uh, what we said last assembly when we, when we qualified when we beat Uruguay was you know we're happy that we're there we're not going to play we're not we're not just going to be happy uh, participating in the tournament you know we're we're going to get results and we're going to turn some heads and we're going to you know gain respect on the rugby field um, from 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 the players that we play against to the fans watching all around the world so you know we have we have to. Uh, you know, bear down and, you know, really get our stuff together and, uh, you know, you know, make, make some difference so we can, you know, come away with a win or two and, uh, you know, and then, and then take it from there and hopefully have a, have a good platform and build for, for the next World Cup. Bruce, I'll give you a run in a second, but I just wanted to continue that vein with Todd. So how do you do that? How do you get respect? Is it muscling up in the tackle contest? Or is it being more skillful? How how is the USA making its impact in the next World Cup? You know, you know, we we are Americans, and we 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 want to dominate the you know the physical battles. If it's at a rock or if it's a wall, or if it's in a tackle, 
Um, you know, so there, we, a lot of us don't have the skill level. We haven't had the ball in our hands when we were four years old. But uh, but we're not going to shy down, and, and you know we're, we're going to take everything as it comes, and and look forward to those battles. So I mean, you know, uh, I think if uh, after you play play against us or play against our fourth pack, you know, we want we want to earn that respect, and we talk about that. You know, that's where it starts, um, and 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 it's got it's got to get done right there. So you know, f- from from the opposition, you know, that hopefully hopefully they'll be feeling us, and you know they'll know that they played against the Eagles. Good message. Uh, nice message. Bruce, over to you. Todd, how important was your time overseas, you know, starting in North Harbor and making the North Harbor B team? And I look at other players on the team like um, like John Vandergeesen, who went over who went over to New Zealand and played his game. And, and the people who have gone overseas have really upped their level. How important is it for USA Rugby to try to find – opportunities overseas for our players and 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 what how do you think that helped you and and how important would that be going forward yeah i mean that's exactly it i mean you you have to really throw yourself into it and and like i said you put all eggs in one basket so i'm i'm, I'm leaving family i'm leaving girlfriends i'm leaving school i'm leaving whatever else i have and i'm, I'm and i'm putting it into rugby and when you put it in rugby it doesn't mean that you're playing you're training you know three or four days a night or, or during the day or being part of this team or being part of that team. It's embracing yourself in the whole te- uh, culture. And, uh, you know, in, in New Zealand, for, for instance, uh, I was part of New Zealand. Uh, I played for North Harbor, and I was part, played club there. And, uh, you know, I, rugby's on TV. You watch rugby during the days when you're not training. Um, you talk rugby to strangers. You t- I mean, it's just a whole cu- culture thing, and they, they take it as a religion. And, you know, it, it's sort of you, you get that ingrained in your, your, your yourself, and you know that that's where you go forward from it, not not from you know just just from the practice field. I think it's I think it's from from you know putting the boots on to the field, to putting your jersey on on game day, to having a beer with the opposition and with your teammates, the camaraderie with your own teammates, and going through the highs and the lows and uh, everything else. So it's uh, it, it, it's just it's just from everything um, from jumping on the flight flight there and flight back. You just have to really take in. Uh, taking everything into it. Todd, it sounds like when you do travel overseas, outside the States, you almost enter this, this world of, uh, of rugby that, uh, that, you, that you don't get at home and that you hope maybe one day you'll get that sort of uh, interaction. Yeah, I mean, I I hope you know you hear about these academies coming up and uh, you know in Santa Barbara or Colorado and uh, you know kind of scattered all all over and you you hope that they you know it's not going to be you know a machine run you know sort of this is rugby this is rugby this is rugby just so so uh, laid out you know you, you want to make it fun and you want to you want to build an off field you know, team of it. You want to you want to do things if it's you know picking up trash on the on on the on the side of the freeway or having beers you know in, in the in the clubhouse or or you know or practicing a trade with rugby or watching the games. So I mean that's just really important to 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 me of having a good balance and not you know being you know so machine run of of you know this is how I have to do everything so structured and everything. Um, so I, I really, I'm, a, I'm a true believer of that. Todd, I, I did a little show prep, and I've always had tremendous respect for you. And, you, and you've played for the Eagles from 2003 till the present time. And, and over that time, the USA played 45 tests, and you only played in 31. And, and Dan Payne told me not only that, 
you showed up at every single camp, even when you weren't playing. That and you know, it's that fortitude, that that thing that it kind of makes you. I mean, when you are captain, I mean, when you say lead by example, when you say go through the hard times, you've done it. And can you talk us through that and what it felt like for those two two years and for those times when you weren't being selected? You know how you were able to keep at it. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's highs and lows in everybody's career. I mean, if it's golf or if it's football or if it's rugby, there's uh, there's highs and lows. And you know, I, I came on, you know, storming from the All Americans and under 19 straight into the Eagles, and uh, you know, I was I was with them a few few ga- few times, and it, it, you know, I, I I didn't get capped, and finally I got my first cap in uh, in Argentina playing against uh, playing against Argentina in Buenos Aires. And you know it was uh, you know one of the biggest highs that I've ever ha- ever had, but all but also you know it's uh, from there it's like okay the World Cup I was part of the World Cup did not play did not suit up you know was was part of the next assembly did not play did not suit up and sort of you know you kind of you know you you feel as though that you're ready as a player and you want it you want experience but you you haven't like you you only have a certain amount on the training pitch and it, you know it wears on you but you know you really got to get you know Past, past just the rugby thing and get into the psychological, you know, challenges that are, that are, that are in front of you, of of you know moving forward and what is your main goals and you know the, the the reason why I think I went overseas was because you know I wasn't getting a shot with the USA. I, uh, how am I gonna how am I gonna be where I want to be? You know, after the 2003 World Cup, I you know I didn't play I didn't play a minute in in, in all the games and the next year I didn't play a minute. You know, the next thing, the only time I, you know, finally got a chance was through injury and unavailability because someone had a job. And from 2005, the first game in in, uh, in Japan against Canada, I, I think I started every game until this year where, uh, where I didn't play against Ireland um, or Ireland or Wales because I was, you know, preparing for the, the British and Irish Lions Tour. So, you know, it's sort of, you know, pick and choose. I've always put USA Rugby, you know, as a... As, as a as a number one, and I would do anything to play play there. But you know, sometimes you have to be selfish of, of going forward, and, and you know, and, and myself as though that I, I deserve to be a little bit selfish and you know, play against the British and Irish Lions, and, and what a, what experience that was. But you know, day after that game, I was on a flight getting ready for the Churchill Cup. So, sorry. You're right, uh, the background noise of the airport, it's a thing you can't uh, avoid. Uh, but, uh, Todd, can you talk about your emotions then? It's a good question Bruce asked about uh, how you kept it together. Your emotions, were you angry? Were you kicking the dirt? I mean, you know you went overseas to further yourself, and it looks like it's been the best thing that's happened to you. But can you tell us what you were feeling at the time? Yeah, I mean, at the, at the time, it, it, there was, I mean, you know, the, the, the former coach, you know, you know, maybe we didn't get along, like, off the field, or, or he didn't like my style of, you know, of, of being a person or a rugby player. You just, you know, you didn't, I didn't know where I stood. So it was more of a question mark of, you know, when is that, when is my chance? When is my opportunity? I'm doing all the things. I'm, you know, I'm ticking all the boxes. I'm, I'm hitting my personal goals if it's, you know, in, in the weight room or if it's in the, on the fitness test or if it's, you know, you know, playing overseas. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was more of a question mark and of, of, of anticipating, you know, when, did you when, feel when, like when are you going to call, sorry, John, gonna call me? Did you think you were getting the runaround when it came to that sort of analysis of your game? 
You, you know what? I, I did. You know, I, I did feel I did feel that way. You know, I, I, I felt as though that I was ready to play. You know, I, I, I did all the hard yards, and, you know, I just wasn't getting called upon. I mean, you know, not to take anything of the guys that were in front of me because we had a great back row. Um, but, you know, in saying that, you know, I, I felt as though that, you know, I, I deserved a run before I did. But, you know, the, I'm not having any regrets, and, you know, and uh, I wouldn't trade anything for, for what I have now. Uh, Todd, if we get back into that, like some of the rap on you in the Super 14 and the Curry Cup, and, and, and I've always thought that the rap on you being too small or you had to choose between 7s and 15s was, was kind of nonsense, and, and, and I've stated that to people. But in the Super 14 they, and, and in the Curry Cup, they kind of you got the rap of an impact player. And what are you doing to try to break that rap? Because I think you bring a lot of skills to the game. I think you bring a variety of skills to the game. Being that you're a world-class line, I think you're a world-class line-out jumper or as a back row player. I think you're an excellent ball carrier. I think you're an excellent defender. And through sevens and and through your experience overseas, I think you read the game very well. So and I and I think that you are the kind of person who can start a game as opposed to come in. And I think that you probably come in off the bench more often than you start. And I and I was wondering what you're doing to try to, you know, fix that situation. Yeah. I, again, it's sort of you know. You, you're a rugby player, and there's a coach, and there's a captain, and then there's other 14 other rugby players. And uh, if your job is to start and play 80 minutes, then you do that to the best of your ability. And if, if your job is to, you know, be an impact player, if that's where they see you, or if they don't see you as a, you know, the, the best player, then then you try to make make the changes that to, you know, perform as as a best player. And if, uh, you know, sometimes that you be an impact player, and they kind of, you know, like how things unfold, and you give the extra boost. And you get a lot of positive. I get a lot of positive feedback from it. But still, it's sort of you know you, you're not starting those games. And you want to start those games. Um, you know, I I don't give it too much thought. I just you know I I, I just do my job as best of my ability. I mean I'm 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 not on a you know I'm not an amateur anymore. So as a professional, you have to you know you know, take it on the chin, um, and 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 start the focus. So I don't I don't think of it too much anymore, um, just because of you know the job. So a couple of things we have to take care of before we let you go and catch that flight to South Africa, and we appreciate your time for it. Firstly, uh, the reason you are heading to South Africa, a number of injuries to the team in Dubai, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it can be a brutal game at times, sevens. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it takes a lot out of you. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're playing five, six games uh, between two days. And uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times there's a lot of physical games, and seven of the games has changed a lot. So you know, the the, the boys are a bit beat up, beat up from it. So you know, it's uh, like I said earlier, it's uh, always have uh, always have time for any of the national team. Uh, if, if it's wearing a sevens jersey or fifteen jersey, it all, always feels the same. Putting it on, and and uh, you know, there's there's no better feeling. And Bruce, before um, we start to wrap it up, another question too about the future, uh, Todd, of uh, the Super League? Yeah, I mean, it, it's great to have the Super League. I mean, the guys, you know, are passionate playing in that league. Um, on the other hand, you know, those, those, those games and, you know, supposedly the best, uh, best rugby in America shouldn't be played in middle school parks or, you know, uh, baseball diamonds, you know, you know, cut out. I mean, if you're, if you're, what, what needs to happen is, you know, you need to build a following and that's, uh, you know, getting, getting it on TV and playing in proper venues. If it's, you know, at, at a soccer stadium or 
filling up one side of you know a football stadium. It's uh, you know it's, it's got to get done. And uh, I, th- I think you know the, the organizers of that, if they, if they really want to make the Super League happen and keep the teams that you know the guys are you know so passionate playing for, you you have to you have to make those you know bite the bullet and you know move move the sport forward and you know sell sell the advertisement, sell the sell the sell the TV coverage, get everything going, get a mold going, and uh, then that's when you start getting you know. Uh, more interest, more money, and, and you know, better players wanting to wanting to be part of uh, American rugby, which uh, you know I've, I've played all over the world, and everybody, all the a lot of top players ask, you know, when when is it going to get big? When I want to get over there, I want to play, and uh, there's a lot of interest in that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that that happens in the near future. Well, Bruce, where are we at? What's the latest from uh, your stouts on on Super League? Well. Uh, Todd is right that there there are definitely some facilities that are lacking, but they have gotten significantly better. And I'll tell you, the game line bloggers have, have been declaring the Super League dead. And, and in my mind, it's not dead. You know, we started as a 14-team comp in 1997, and, and right now we're at 14 teams. And for years, the same bloggers have said the Super League's too big. And now that it's smaller, they're building a grave. They're, they're, you know, they're out in a cemetery digging it. Um, I think, you know, they look at Belmont and Santa Monica dropping out. And some of the reasons for that, in the case of Belmont, sure, especially, they had Matt Weber coaching for a long period of time. And then he had some family and work commitments that he had to attend to. And then they had Johnny Cox coaching. And then he had to move on with his professional career. Matt came back for another year. And then it's just, you know, he was done. And, and these guys aren't easily replaced. And and Doug Pye, the chairman of Belmont Shore, told me, essentially last year that he got more satisfaction from the development and the youth rugby aspect of the Belmont Shore Club than he did from the Super League side. And, and we need to respect these things. And, and nobody really remembers that Belmont built its greatness from the Belmont Shore Academy, which was run by Kyle Quinn, and it gave the club many top players. And I think they're just getting back into that, and hopefully they're going to come back stronger than ever. In the case of Santa Monica, it was that you know, they no longer have their longtime coach, Stu Crone, who also was, you know, a, a legend in Southern California. He recently had a baby, and he's got to focus on his family. And the fact is that the Super League is an amateur sports competition, and hopefully Santa Monica retrenches and comes back well. The, the way it goes, club rugby goes in cycles here, and sometimes teams that, are, that were very good fall on tough times. And that really happens when the management of the club changes, and it's critical to have continuity in the coaching and the management in order to maintain your success. And you see it at all the levels, high school, college, club, etc. The teams that have a management and a coaching staff in place for long periods of time are the teams that win. And you have to focus on recruitment and development to win. So I think that the league is, the league is still vibrant and it's still strong. The teams have changed. That's not a horrible thing. And by no means is it perfect. You know, as Todd has, has alluded to, you do get to play in some pretty dodgy areas. And, and hell, we played on back once when we, when we didn't have our field. We were picking up needles or, and, and broken glass <laughs> off the field. So, but in order to have success, you got to focus on recruitment and development. And when that starts to falter, you could, you could throw money at the problem for a little bit of a while and keep the charade up for a year or two. But after that, it comes apart at the seams. And the big thing for clubs to be successful is they need to develop feeder systems and they need to develop relationships with colleges and high schools that are strong. And also the club members themselves, the retired club members, have to be entrenched in the grassroots of the game. They have to coach high schools. They have to coach colleges. And that's where you bring your people in. 
And that's how you, that's how you get a club that wins. But, you know, and, and that's how it goes. And that's at all levels, high school, college, club, whatever it is. You look at it, teams that win are the teams that have had coaches and management and staff for a long time. It's a legacy. And it's the passing of knowledge down. It happens in the second row internationally in particular because it's such a it's such a really weird position that only the, the ones that have been before can sort of pass on that knowledge and need that. Um, and, and that's certainly the case, Bruce. Now, we've got to let uh, Todd go over a couple of quick things before he goes. We've got more to come on Rugger Matrix USA, so stick with us. But, Todd, I've been asked the question, why don't you play with Bruce McLean in New York City? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you have to ask him that. You know, I went over there for a week, had a had a, had a good time, almost too good of a time, and then uh, and then came to San Diego and 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 and, and played here 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 in San Diego. <laughs> Bruce, we, what, what's I, the I think you was I, I just think you were scared that you couldn't play, that you thought you weren't going to start over Richie White because it could have been the under nineteen back row. The under-19 back row from the 2002 championships. You, Richie White, and Frank Sharp could have been the AC back row. I think it was exactly. scared. I'm trying to, I, I, I think you're right, Bruce. You know, I, I was trying to, you know, slot a plot, uh, place on seven. And, uh, you know, Richard White is, uh, you know, hands down a lot better than me on, uh, at, uh, on the ground with rugby. And I know that's how you want to play. So, uh, so I was a bit scared. So I wanted to uh, get on the other side of the country of him. And uh, you know, play there. It had nothing to do with the beaches or uh, or the rollerblading girls and, and bikinis <laughs> or anything like that. Right, you saw you saw you saw plenty of bikinis here, brother. Uh, <laughs> and and Rich Richie is five eight one seventy five. He is a physically imposing presence. <laughs> now, now, Todd. Now, Todd. Uh, before you go, we have to plug your website, toddclever.com. And I hear there's something for everyone. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, you know, I, I'm on there. I blog a bit. And there's some photos. There's, uh, you know, keep people up to speed on, you know, the Lions with USA 7s and 15s and kind of, you know, evolve, you know, what what I'm doing. You know, some people some people are interested. Some people can care. But, uh, no, I've, I have fun with it. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely come check it out and, you know, tell me what you think. Check bit- out that Mark Crick and Todd Clever uh, workout video as well. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's definitely uh, Cricky's favorite thing. He, he has a thing playing uh, round, nonstop, uh, you know, in his gym. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, one from left field, but something that's starting to build with a fair bit of interest, and you'll pick it up again when you go to South Africa, Todd, is, is the movie Invictus by Clint Eastwood, starring Matt Damon, uh, about the 90, no, 95 World Cup. Uh, on the Rugger Matrix International show, we spoke to Joel Stransky, the hero of the 95 World Cup. And, uh, you know, this is the rugby story that um, will take America by storm. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, no, actually, I went to the premiere. I went to, uh, went to the premiere in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, USA Rugby and my, uh, my off-field manager really, uh, you know, took care, of, took care of everything, got me on the red carpet. Oh, and nice. uh, you know, you know, rubbing rubbing shoulders with uh, Matt Damon, Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman. Um, you know, I had an awesome time watching the movie. It was, it was, it was spot on, it was educational. It was uh, you know really something else. And then uh, you know, and then at, at the after party, you know, kind of uh, you know was uh, with, with Matt Damon for for quite a while, and then hung out with him the next day as well. We kind of uh, we got along real well, so it's uh, it's cool. And I'm actually going to the 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 premiere in uh, Soweto in South Africa um, on the 16th 
so I, I met a few of the producers and they're getting uh, myself sorted out and I'm getting some of the other Lions guys there. So, you know, made, made some good contacts and, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, to, to going down there and, you know, experiencing it all over again. So what about the game in the U.S., though? Will, will there be some flow-on impact? Surely there'll be some sort of collateral pickup. No, absolutely. I mean, there's 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 going to be question marks from from the American public that doesn't know rugby, and uh, you know that's our job as as the rugby community, and hopefully USA Rugby can jump on it as well. Of you know, educate the people. This is kind of how it, how it is. This is how rugby goes, and uh, no, it's exci- it's uh, it's exciting times, and you know, hopefully we can uh, capitalize on this uh, as well as you know being uh, inducted in the the Olympics. And of course, the big event is in February. In uh, Vegas, 13-14 of Feb, the USA Sevens, uh, you must be looking forward to that. I know Bruce is, but he won't even be watching the, the, the action. I know where he'll be. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, I, I think it's a fantastic event uh, that's been hosted in, uh, in San Diego. And, uh, you know, in moving to Vegas, you know, I'm, 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 you know, people are excited for it. So that's, that's awesome. Um, for myself, I don't think I will be able to make it. We will see. Um, you know, we have a we have a game that's that's the weekend that Super 14 starts. But uh, we have a new coach, we have new new staff. So if uh, for some reason I'm not in, I'm going to ask for uh, for a bit of a release to uh, at least hang out with Bruce in the stands. <laughs> if not, uh, get out on the field and play a little bit. Do you have that option uh, if some, if the Eagles Eagles come calling? <laughs> exactly. I'll be I'll be the I'll be the 13th man just in case of an injury or something <laughs> or player pool or or something. You know, any, anything that the uh, take me away from uh, South Africa to go to Vegas for, for a quick week and I'll, I'll sign up anywhere. All right, there is Todd Clever. I can hear the announcement going off in the background for his flight to South Africa and uh, we very much appreciate his time. And uh, Bruce, what a scoop. Second show in. Not many people knew at the time of this recording that he was heading to South Africa for the seven. So nice scoop. Second show in. Yeah, really good scoop and and a, and a and a really nice really nice person and 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 I don't think many people knew outside the sevens team and and us and that was about it. So yeah, this is this is good stuff. I really wish I wish those guys well and and some of the people have been have been knocking the the sevens team for their performance in Dubai and 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 a lot of times the first you got to remember for our sevens team this is their first hit out and not only is it their first hit out. They had significant injuries to Nese Malifa, Johnny Nakika, Pete Co, and Mark Bachoven. So, and that's why Todd is going there. On top of that, it, it's really their first opportunity to find out who can and can't play going forward. This team replaced a lot of stalwarts in this t- uh, in sevens, like Todd Clever, Zena Gwenya, Chris Wiles, Paul Emmerich, and Kevin Swearen is injured. And it's going to be a struggle for them to find their feet. I think they competed admirably with some of the, you know, some of the performance they would like to have back. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, I think that in, in the Sevens World Series, especially for the United States, we have to judge the body of work over the course of the series. And we can't look at it as just one tournament. The USA has proven that over the body, the body of work over the course of the series, they get better and better, they play better and better, and they come in better in the standings. And I think that that's going to happen again this year. And, uh, you know, and I think now with Todd going to New Zealand and Todd going to South Africa is going to make our team that much stronger. And it's just going to revitalize it, even though they have the injuries. Having Todd Clever on the field with you, if you're a player in the United States, having Captain America, you will be revitalized. I was really impressed with his effort uh, for the Lions against the Western Force 
in one of the games in Perth last year where he came off the bench, but he really got into the faces of the Western Force team and unsettled them a fair bit. And the Lions can produce, as we saw, an incredible game of open and uh, exciting rugby. They just couldn't get that consistency which they needed. But uh, Todd really made some people sit up and take notice. Yeah, you know what, Gerald? I, I was I was able to watch some of the Super 14 games with Todd playing, and I was extremely impressed with with the way he played and what he did, and, and actually how he grew as a player. And, you know, early on, he, he would get into some niggly things and, and sometimes, you know, lack, lack a little bit of discipline, trying to kind of show who he was and, and manning up. But then he really started to become more and more of a player and just manning up on the field as opposed to manning up in, in the physical chest-to-chest stuff. And, and when he started really playing, the guy can play. And as we said earlier, he's an excellent line-out jumper, especially as a back row player. He really is a good ball carrier. He's a good tackler. He's a good defender. He's tough on kick on restarts and kickoffs. So he's, he's really – I think that he's, he's going to really show these guys in the Lions – and I think he showed it during the Curry Cup, and I think he's going to show it in the Super 14. And hopefully they have time for him, and hopefully he gets the half a dozen, seven or eight starts for this team. And, and, and he'll be able to show his stuff. He's a very, very good player. And I think he'll have a nice, a nice Super 14 career ahead of him. If the Lions do a bit better than they've been doing the last few years in results, then uh, it will be important for people to sit up and take notice that this guy from America can play and that there are more of them around. So it's important that uh, people realise that, and I think they got a taste of it last season, and this year I'm really excited for, for Todd and what he can bring to the table. Well, Gerald, what you said there is critical because Todd has, has, has broken a path into, into the Southern Hemisphere for American players in the Super 14. And just as Dan Lyle and Dave Hodges broke a path into the Magnus League and to the, and, and to the Guinness Premiership that our players, can't, they give us a bit more respect. If Todd comes and he has another big season going forward, that may afford another opportunity to a player. And if that player does well, then it affords a little bit more opportunity. So yeah, it was a, it was a really gutsy call on Todd's part to go down to the Southern Hemisphere with no guarantee when he was really courted pretty heavily up up in the Northern Hemisphere. And, and, and that's great for American rugby. And it's really done wonders for his game. And I got to say, I, I, I had him come to a practice with, with our team as we were trying to recruit him. He is a special player. I, I remember calling the manager the day after the practice. I was like, I'm telling you, this guy can play. And I, I really, I really think that he's the best thing we have in America. And and he and he is the he is the best thing we have in America right now. And hopefully we get other opportunities due to the groundbreaking work that he's done overseas. Get other opportunities for other players so that we have 15 or 20 Todd Clevers as opposed to one. That's right, Todd Clever. And as we said before, ToddClever.com to check out his progress throughout the year and uh, and the fitness videos. They are they're a bit disturbing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's not a whole lot of shirts being worn. <laughs> I think uh, they could well, they could probably start up a mega site with James Haskell from the England rugby team. <laughs> yes, I, I think, well, he might get signed by Stade Francais if he can be in the calendar. Well, there you go. <laughs> He's a walk-up dead said start. All right, Bruce, there's a lot more we could talk about, but uh, that's why we've got a show every week, every Tuesday. 
you will hear from the Rugger Matrix USA team. Thanks very much for the uh, Facebook page, everyone. That's fantastic. The fans are on there already. Uh, keep the comments coming through the main site. Bruce will be blogging regularly uh, on the Rugger Matrix USA site as well. So we'll have plenty of content content coming through. And look, if you're really keen, uh, send us a note on uh, the contact page uh, if you want to contribute to Rugger Matrix USA as well. There's a lot of other stuff out there in terms of uh, multimedia on the web, and we're fully supportive of that, all the other programs. And don't forget USA uh, Rugby Chat on uh, on Heaven's Game as well with Jeremy Bynum. That is also a good grassroots listen. We're trying to bridge the gap between that grassroots and the professional game. Yes, and we can't forget our sponsor. You gotta be there. USA Sevens, February thirteenth and fourteenth, Valentine's Day in Vegas. I think that's what Tiger Woods would have liked to be doing. <laughs> Valentine's in Vegas. I think he might have done that a few times too. <laughs> oh dear, it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> it is going to be a magnificent weekend, and uh, the people I'm talking to around the world about the Vegas in in Feb. Uh, are pretty jealous because uh, they all want to be there because it will be uh, an awesome tournament. But in the meantime, the boys have got plenty to do in South Africa and let's uh, wish them all the very best, Bruce. Yes, definitely good luck in George, boys, and uh, hopefully uh, you come back with a little bit of hardware. All right, mate, that's the second showdown. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, you enjoy the week. What's the, what's the uh, latest for the McLean clan? Uh, the latest for the McLean clan is essentially to prepare for Christmas and to keep warning the kids that if they're not good, Santa Claus is going to give them coal. It's amazing this month, man. You could you could stop them with Santa Claus quick, no matter what they're doing. You just mentioned Santa Claus, and they're like they turn into little angels in about four seconds. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I now, wish it was like this all year. And Bruce, uh, there's a couple more questions that we received uh, either through Facebook or on the uh, comments section of the site. And uh, we'll get we'll get to those next week because uh, we wanted to spend a bit more bit more time with with our special guest today. And why not? He's the USA captain and a really good fellow. So uh, we'll get to those points next week. So Bruce, you have a good week. Great to speak to you. I'll speak to you next week on Rugger Matrix USA. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Jerome. Take care, buddy.